0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beardy and the Geek. My name is Emmett Okuna, and with me is Ryan Hoff. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but generally around this point, I'd be saying Ryan from Geek of Odds. But now I'm saying Ryan Hoff because we have our own wee little website. We don't have to keep bouncing you around to different sites just to find this podcast. So, from now on, Beardy and the Geek is located on b and the G.com. and you can, uh, courtesy of the lovely Paul Kajegi, who did the artwork as well, a major props to Paul. So, yes, this is how we're moving forward now, and you can find us on Facebook. We have our own dedicated page. So, yeah, simplify things considerably. What do, what do you reckon, Ryan?
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's been a long time coming, and unfortunately it was your wife, Emmett, that was the first person to point out that what is band theg. <laughs> no, it's not tag. it's b and the g, bd in the Geek.com dot com was a bit too long, no one likes typing, let's face it, so, tag <laughs> it is.
0: So yeah, we've got ourselves a, a new era here in the show, so uh, easier to find, and hopefully as easy to listen to, <laughs> although <laughs> it's debatable. It's um, not getting any easier. <laughs> Tonight, we have a special guest. We have Emma Jane. Now, I am going to murder this, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Please do. Yes. Thank you, Emma. Uh, who's here to talk to us about Lijken?
2: That's actually not too bad, I think. Uh, um, not being a, a native medieval Dutch speaker, um, I believe it's Liederkane. Um Liederkain, but it kind of gets... Um, referred to as everything from Linkedin, which I mean we're Australian, we shorten everything, mm. uh, to LinkedIn, which it's not.
1: That's what I thought. I, I always thought you were just trying to promote your LinkedIn profile.
2: Yeah, no, come on, LinkedIn me, guys, it's a thing. <laughs> cool people do that, right? Yeah, no. Um, okay, so the way that I am, like the mnemonic that I'm kind of going with is, think so, Justin Bieber, so you've got the whole leader thing, <laughs> with a Heineken.
0: Ah, so, oh, good. So
2: yeah, Liederken. Liederken. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, all right. Um,
2: but this this may or may not be correct. And if you are in fact a, a medieval Dutch Flemish speaker, please direct your uh, scathing reviews of my pronunciation to Beady and the Geek. Uh, because yeah, it'll yeah, that's
0: fine. <laughs> I, I I really want to meet a time traveler or immortal. No, Sorry.
1: go back to being dead. That's, <laughs> you, you're an unholy demon and you shouldn't be around. I'm happy with the question being unanswered. <laughs> well,
0: Lijken um, is going to uh, launch shortly with an exhibition of the individual pieces. And it's based on a folklore myth of a young maiden who is seduced by a uh, rather bloodthirsty bluebeard-like figure. Can you talk us through this, Emma? Can you explain <laughs> where this came from? <laughs>
2: um, well, I mean, we uh, all young maidens dream of being seduced by bloodthirsty bluebeard figures. So, um, mine didn't show up. So, I made an artwork about. It. No, I'm joking. Um, we, I do like fairy tales. I do like folklore. I wanted to do um, an exhibition. Last year we did the Beginnings Anthology and uh, Hand on Heart, I swore to God I would not be doing another anthology within the next year. Uh, I thought I'd do something a lot easier like an art exhibition. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm rethinking that one now. But the story itself is the the story of a princess who is seduced, as you say, uh, mesmerised by a... A violent psychopath uh, who possibly in the original myth was some sort of water fae or water monster who took on a very pleasing appearance and lured maidens to their death in the forest. The story goes, if he was the kind of uh, water monster that we think, he would have... Also been defeated if she had sung sweetly at him, but instead, uh, this woman rides out into the forest into like in the middle of the night without anybody there to protect her. And she realizes what's going on just as he's about to murderate her and, um, she, she tricks him into Denuding himself and uh, stabs him with his own knife. And my favourite part of the entire story is when she's riding back to the castle or to her father's land, and she encounters she encounters Halavane's mother on the road as you do, who's a bit concerned that you know her son has gone missing or that you know she this person this woman might have seen her son, and she says, "Yeah, no, it's okay. I've got his head right here on my lap." <laughs> And so the the last two lines of the poem, which I absolutely love, says, uh, And there was a feast, and all were fed, while on the table sat Hellevane's head. So it's it's a little bit bloodthirsty. Even so, we've tried to keep it a little bit more PG rated than we possibly mm. could have gone with.
0: <laughs> well, you've got this um, beautifully Baroque painting from Douglas Hel- Holgate.
2: Oh, isn't it beautiful? Of Incredible. the maiden
0: with the with the head, and it's just mm-hmm. it's stunning,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: but it's grotesque as well, which well, I loved.
2: It's um if if you have a look at the art from around that time, there were a lot of uh, paintings of uh, Salome and um, Saint John the Baptist's head on a platter. Yeah. So there, it's a theme. I mean, a beautiful maiden with disembodied head. Um, it, it's it's a tale as old as time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's um there a book by Angela Carter, uh, the Bloody Chamber. I don't know if you've if you've read that, but she mm-hmm. takes the the Bluebeard story, which is mm-hmm. very similar, you know, psychotic uh, word torturing and killing young maidens, mm-hmm. and uh, she changed it so that in the story, instead of a handsome young man coming to save save the princess, mm-hmm. um the young maiden's mother arrives on a horseback. <laughs> and kills Bluebeard, or kills a Bluebeard proxy, you know.
2: See, um, it's interesting that you bring up Bluebeard, because that was actually the story that I originally wanted to tell. Okay. Uh But in investigating and going back and having a look, I was directed to this song, the song of health and which I've probably mispronounced again. Uh, but he, uh, this is basically the seed story for that. And mm. the thing that didn't sit right with me and has never really sat right with me is, so in the story of Bluebeard, she's about to get slaughtered by this evil man. Mm. Uh, but, but it's okay because her brothers show up out of nowhere and save yep. her in the end. Um, whereas this one, it, it's a little bit more believable, you know, that the guy is right there, his sword is right there, she uses her wits and, um, and yeah, he gets what's coming to him. Um, but she's smart and she's sassy and she doesn't take much crap from him, uh, even after he starts talking to her after she kills him. Mm. Um, which, I mean, I guess disembodied heads did back in the day. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah.
0: Well it's not it's not a revisionist work you haven't uh, put a spin in it. It, it this is how the original story goes that well, uh, actually, young englishman comes out um i hmm. have read later versions of it mm-hmm. which attempt to make it uh, sort of revisionist take on it where they have it that she could never marry after that because no one could excite her as much as this monster did which <laughs> Which, 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 as as ways to sort of damn the female heroine go—that that was pretty low. <laughs>
2: well, the, the thing is, I mean, we, we i have i have read that one as well, and I've—I've—I've I've, I've read um, allusions to to those sort of revisionist ones, um, and I guess my piece in this um, this exhibition is the last one, and mm. I've just got her simply sitting in a window looking out, holding the sword like his sword. Mm. Um, uh, you know, the blood's still on her skirts and everything. And I'm sort of leaving that there. I'm I'm leaving that hanging. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that um, it's a comment on the infatuation that we feel that you know nothing could measure up to this magically induced sort of sense of heightened romance that you know no mere mortal could live up to that. But um, but you know if people want to read into it, then go for it.
0: Very good, very good. Well, um, maybe we should take a moment to talk about your. Assemblage of collaborators, as well, because uh-huh. um, just just from the local scene, I mean, a few names I do recognize. You got Timmy McEwen from Greener Pastures and mm-hmm. drink, drink. There you go. <laughs> Cheers, Tim. <laughs> uh, Alicia Jade, and she did. Seven, which also sort of fairy tale, fairy tale inspired, I believe. That's uh, right. It comes with a introduction by Frank Candelora as well, so it's well worth picking up. Douglas Holgate, we already mentioned. Katie Winchester, who did Red Tales, that mm-hmm. that's a that's a fun book. I really like that one. Hayden uh, Fryer. Hayden Fryer, Darkest Night. I uh, think he's got Darkest Night two coming out soon, uh, which is actually a really interesting story. Um, but the one I really want to pick your brain on is um, there's a piece. Of the, the figure in question in the forest is this beautifully lurid, I am psychedelic image. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eri Kashima is the artist. Now that, that's just absolutely beautiful.
2: Isn't it amazing? I am a big fan of her work and a, a very new fan of her work. Uh, I only met her, I guess, if if I can even go so far as to say meeting through this project. She is basically we put the call out at the beginning and I've got some some co-conspirators working with me on curating the project uh, who used their networks and uh, I used mine and we um, put it out and uh, and Eri came back saying that she'd like to be um, involved and I am so glad that she did. Mm. Uh, I I would not know her from a bar of soap. Uh, She, uh, all I know is that she's an illustrator. She works in Melbourne and her, her paintings, her digital paintings really remind me of like Studio Ghibli or like the Mm the real, I don't know, maybe Pixar or something like that kind of uh, backgrounds or the art of Pixar books kind of more than the actual Pixar um, movies themselves. But yeah, sorry, I can't give you too much dirt on her. I don't know her well enough
0: yet.
1: <laughs> no, incredible work. I mean, if you look up her website, studio uh, net. Mm-hmm. she's got some really beautiful work up there. I mean, this is... Uh, this is kind of what I love about the Australian scene and, and you know, a, a lot of people used to oh, well, I, I know this person, I know Nicholas, I've heard of Nicholas Scott and I've heard of Tom Taylor and that's all that people really know. But even yourself, you know, you, you've been immersed in the scene quite a bit, but yeah. to stumble across someone that has so much talent is that's exciting? That means it, it that... is.
2: It's really exciting. The scene is growing, and I think the thing that's exciting me the most about this project is, back in the day, I'm gonna <laughs> keep saying that. Um, back in the day, uh, Gavin, my best friend, and I uh, ran a uh, Phase Two Comics, which was an online store for Australian indie comics, uh, and sadly we've had to kind of close. The- Down or not maybe sadly, maybe it's a good thing because uh, it means that people can sort of be in touch with their own um, audience directly, which is good. But it meant that uh, I got to meet through that a lot of the indie um, comic creators. But what I'm finding now through this type of project is that there are people who are creating art in other mediums or in other areas who want to experiment with comics and sequential art. And um, this is kind of providing a forum. So,
0: yeah. Hmm. I mean, I hope that this air, th- when this airs eventually, um, it won't be before uh, Big Arse, which is the event here in Melbourne. But um, mm-hmm. I know that the designer for their publicity was actually encouraged to take on comics art. But previously, she'd just been doing graphic design. Mm-hmm. But I think Bruce Mutard, you know, she appeared on his radar and he was saying, OK, comics, you do this, <laughs> yeah. And and she's producing this. Uh, I think she's actually produced a graphic novel that's going to be launched at Big Arts here oh, in Melbourne awesome. as well. So you know, you're right. I mean, there, there's a lot of people out there who maybe wouldn't have considered comics because they're either seen as a closed shop or they are seen as you know, not you know worth it financially. But what we're seeing now is there's this grassroots movement of some very talented people taking on the medium and maybe taking it to new places.
2: I, I'm I'm not. I didn't do this on purpose, I swear, Uh, but more than half of the people who are exhibiting and who are taking part in this are um, are girls. And there's a fair whack of people who are um, participating, who I think for whom English is their second language or who have immigrated to Australia um, in their lifetimes. So, um, you know, we're we're getting new talent and the doors are sort of, the side door is open because the front door, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of white dudes out there front there, which you know nothing wrong with white dudes. Some of my best friends are white dudes, but um, it's uh it's it's, it's kind of nice to see that it isn't. It's not just something that is going to be limited by exposure, I think. Because, you know, if I go into a comic shop and I don't know the person's name, uh, I'm probably going to be less likely to look at their their book or, you know, at a con or something. But, I mean, there are people at cons that I will go and seek out because I know them and I've seen what they've done before. Um, And it's nice that this is uh, giving some noobs a go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not that it, they're new to art; they're just new to comics. So I'm, yeah. I am putting my foot in my mouth here.
0: No, 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 not at all. I mean, it, it is, it is a new angle on the cool. medium, and that's, that's something that can be very rewarding. Hmm. Um, another example would be the graphic festival here in, uh, over in Sydney, with Jordan mm-hmm. Bazaar, where you had someone who came up with the idea of why don't we put comics with music? Why don't we put comics with live performance? You know, let's see where that goes. Now that wouldn't have been done previously. Uh, wow. And it's because cool, it's just, awesome. yeah, and it's it's amazing, it's beautiful, you know it's fantastic, <laughs> so you are curating this this little project, but you're also going to have an exhibition of the work when and where where are going people go to attend this beauties event?
2: okay, it is going to be held in Canberra at the front gallery and cafe, which is a very welcoming I guess kind of space they're being very very kind and letting us uh, do all sorts of strange things for the opening like uh, decorate the place with uh, branches and cover the floor with pine needles to really kind of up the the sensory <laughs> arrangement
0: Turn uh, to up make the you theatrical. feel like
2: to make you feel like you're in a forest and you may get murdered at any point kind of <laughs> you know <laughs> The <laughs> a welcoming space, um, but it, it, it's at the front um, and uh, it is going to be uh, – the opening of the exhibition is the day before Good Friday and everybody is welcome and there will be free wine if you show up early enough because that's what we do at art exhibitions. Hmm.
0: Great for free food and free booze and that's – Pretty, pretty art. Yeah, and pretty art, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're also making available a printed version of all the pieces as well.
2: That's right. We've got people exhibiting from uh, Melbourne, from Brisbane, uh, from Adelaide, uh, from Sydney and Canberra, but also we've got some international people, um, some expats. Um, uh, So we've got, um, I am going to pronounce her name wrong, uh, Ellery, um, who is a Canberran who is over in art school in Vermont. Um, She's doing her master's in cartoon studies, as you do. Um, and, uh, we've got Luke Pickett, who is also in, I think he's in Toronto and we've got a, a Canadian, um, uh, who I have never met, but I liked her art and I told her so, and she agreed to be part of the exhibition. So <laughs> the internet's great for this. Yeah. I, no, you don't need to know anybody in real life. I would be far too scared to go up to someone in real life and say, Hey, I really like this painting. But on the internet, it's just an email. And if they don't like it, they can delete it.
0: Hmm. Well, it's actually been really interesting watching the Project Evolve on Mm -hmm. social media because you are posting uh, all the different images on your website, on Facebook and so Mm -hmm. forth and um, I I saw you scolding people as well to get their bios in. Yeah, uh, Gmail
2: keeps eating some of uh, well, not keeps, but it, it has been eating some of the emails that I've been sending. so I can send the email out to everybody all at once and sure enough, five people won't get it, but it's a different random five people each time. So um yeah, sometimes I'm not sure if people are just being late or whether they're you know actually didn't get it. so I can't be too mean and sending a follow-up email is really not going to do any good if they're not getting it, so. Uh, I just hope on social media. <laughs> you know how it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if they feel guilted into it, then, you know, that's fine too. All the better.
0: I know. <laughs> um, but you're, I mean, when I, when I first met you, I was very impressed with, uh, like, the, you mentioned the beginnings anthology. That's right. And what I really liked about beginnings was it was the output. Let me guess. Let me guess. It, yes?
2: You, you, you liked how glossy it was because (laughs) that's the thing that everybody has come up to me and said, oh, wow, this is really beautiful. It's really pretty. Look how glossy it is. The full colour, it's amazing. I'm like, what did you think of the stories? And they're like, oh, yeah, I haven't read it yet, but (laughs) so pretty. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, cool, which made me think that if I did uh, the – Exhibition and I did the catalogue as an art book, it mm-hmm. meant that people would have a smaller thing that they could flick through and have a look at the pretty pictures. And because I like art objects that you can keep and keep looking at, so but no, sorry, I just didn't mean to interrupt. What did you like about?
0: No, 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 let's 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 <laughs> follow this, let's follow that. this train of thought here, Emma. Let's follow this train of thought. If you were to sure. produce a book for your exhibition. Which let's 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 take a time machine and go back to the 1990s, the last time comics really were selling gazillions. What sold a lot, Ryan? What sold holographic com- covers?
1: I believe I am right. Yeah, yeah, it's holographic covers. You know, your, your foil covers and, and oh, yeah. any anything. Take back. That that, like that Christian Madeline right there. The old J. Scott world. Campbell. <laughs> you know, 85 covers for one book with J. Scott Campbell's on the name of every one of them.
0: <laughs> all these women with no spines,
1: you know. Snake
2: women, they're the best.
1: There and you go. all of Lot Rob Liefeld's characters, none of them had teeth. Muscles have <laughs> mm. muscle. Crocodile, crocodile teeth. There you go. If you were to produce an art book, right, with, 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 with like a
0: foil embossed cover, you'd sell truckloads. No one would read the thing. But <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> It'd be collectible, yeah.
0: There you go. <laughs> what I was actually going to say. <laughs> was, oh, <yeah. laughs> what I liked about Beginnings was it was an example of a self-starter. Um, it was a group of people who seem to have come together through your ACT comic meet. That that am I wrong in that? I mean,
2: no, it, that's a- absolutely right, one hundred percent. The the comic Meet has existed for many, many years. Um, back in the day, uh, Ben Hutchings used to run it, and then he we sadly lost him to Melbourne, who keeps stealing all the awesome people. Tell uh, me about it.
1: I know, right? <laughs> Stupid uh, Melbourne.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's so good about them and their awesome coffee and great shopping, and I don't even like them. No, what... Um, <laughs> but uh, we we basically kept it going, and um, Rob Perry has taken the reins and uh, remembers to update the Facebook when it's on and uh, manages the Twitter account and stuff like that, which is good. Um, and we often sit around and we go, oh, my God, I've got this amazing idea. We're all going to do this thing, and it's going to be great. And then by the next month, we sort of go, oh, yeah, that was that thing I completely forgot about. So, yes. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry about it. But um, I found myself with a whole bunch of time on my hands and he, he comes to the, the, this meetup um, and throws down on the table uh, a, an anthology put together by a group of Canadian people who basically at their drink and draw, they decided they were going to do it and they had a Kickstarter for it and they got it done and he said, well, if they can do it, why can't we? And I said, it's because we procrastinate and we're lazy. Nobody disagreed, but we decided we were going to do it anyway.
0: <laughs> I think, you know, you, you, were, uh, you must have given Ben his training wheels, because I went to see that film, um, Graphic Novels Melbourne, mm. and there's a whole sequence in it where apparently they're going into some commune outside Melbourne, and uh, that's where they're doing their live drawing. And uh, they've started doing uh, live drawing sessions where they invite members of the public to come and look at them, so if you can imagine Ben there <laughs> painting away, and some kid oh. leaning in. <laughs> that's
2: amazing. No, we we basically um, tried to eat Ben's brain before he left, so that we could keep some of the awesome here. Um, but yeah, no, Ben Ben is yeah marvelous. Cannot say a bad thing about that man.
0: Mm. Very good. Well, I mean, that's what, as I was saying. That's what I loved about Beginnings. It was something which it was obviously the product of passion, enthusiasm, and a bunch of people deciding we're going to make comics today, and then you did. and And we did. Loved about it. It's
2: brilliant. But it was good because it wasn't just, you know, the people sitting around the table as well, and that's kind of what we wanted to do. We knew that we only had a certain number of pages, and we wanted to give preference to the people who were sitting around the table, Mm -hmm. Um, and it gave us all a chance to actually work with the people who we sat across from every month because um, we have a lot of writers who come to our drink and draw and they don't draw, but, you know, they, they, they promised us that they could actually produce things. And what do you know? They can, um, uh, Ryan Lindsay is, uh, in fact, he's got a My Little Pony comic coming out next month as well. So, um, I'm, I'm very, very pleased about that. And not just because I like Rainbow Dash. Um, but, he, but yeah, no, I, I actually illustrated his, uh, the comic that he wrote and, yeah, he, he told me to, to call him or to email him once I'd finished reading his first script, um, and, and let him know what I thought. And, um, yeah, I, I think it was a, a very just teary kind of email that I said. was like, Oh my God, that was done. It was beautiful. I can't wait to draw this. Oh shit. I've got to draw this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it, it was good. Um, but we, we also had space for people who wanted to, you know, try their hand at getting published because a lot of us, Oh, well, I don't know if you know much about Canberra or what it's really like. Every, there's a lot of myths out there and half of them are true. But m- most of the people in Canberra weren't actually born here. So a lot of us have experience of coming from a small country town or somewhere nearby or somewhere very remote and not having a comics community that we could go along to and, you know, have them hold us accountable for our projects and all the other types of awesome stuff that you get when you have community. Uh, So we wanted to make sure that those people weren't, you know, off in land, and um, that they could actually get published as well. So um, we had a few people send us stuff in and we published them and it was fantastic and we had some people like Darren Close and I'm sure that he's going to be part of your drinking game too because I'm sure (laughs) he gets mentioned a lot. He does Um, come up a lot,
1: yeah. He does, yeah. Mm.
2: So we we got a sneak preview of the first full pages of the... um, the Killeroo origin, which was cool, which has then since been developed into, or was in development to be a lot much longer piece. So um, we got to put, we got to publish that first. That was cool. Hmm.
0: Yeah, we're, we're we're writing for that, Ryan.
1: We oh yeah,
2: yeah. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: well, oh, just what, what, a,
2: what a jerk. I mean, <laughs> Darren, if you're listening, get your bio in. Um,
1: <laughs> so I, I do have a question about Canberra. Sorry. Did no did human beings actually build that gigantic roundabout or are we talking about some sort oh, of extraterrestrial? No,
2: no, no, no. So, so, yeah, no, what happened is uh, we, we basically pissed off the land spirits and, um, yeah, it, it was put there as punishment.
1: That's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's like yeah. the proprietary project novel. <laughs> now, just just back onto, onto one really small thing um, sure. b- before we... We'd move ahead too far. I'm going to put it out there and say that Ryan Lindsay will be. You know, we we have a lot of Australian creators, and you know, every so often someone hits it hits it big and they they make a gigantic impact on the scene. Um, I'm going to put it out there and say Ryan Lindsay will be the next one to do that. I
2: reckon. I, I reckon it's it's not a not a not a hard call to make really. I mean, the man is prolific. He, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, he's a scarily sort of prolific man. I don't know that he's actually a man. I think he might be a robot um, because I cannot come up with any other way uh, to justify the amount of sleep that he doesn't have. Um, but I mean, I, I, I have met his wife and son, so uh, nah, maybe I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> mm. Hi, Ryan. Sounds a bit like the Stepford wives. Yeah, they're secretly robots. Mm. <laughs> awesome <Yeah>. making robots. <laughs>
2: Yeah, awesome. Hmm.
0: (laughs) Good stuff. Well, we've got Ryan, Lindsay, we've got Frank Condolero as well, who's another bloody machine. So between them, I think we could just let them be the Australian comic industry. And we'll go have a drink, you know? Frankie the fingers.
2: (laughs) So so we'll get Ryan to write for Frank,
1: and they'll just
2: It's like a perpetual motion machine.
1: There you go. There is a bloody good idea. Yeah. And then they'll just take all our money. Awesome.
2: Ryan, Frank, you're welcome.
1: (laughs) I I think... Put a bow on it. That's a brilliant idea.
0: Um, great stuff. Well, uh, is there anything else you wanted to raise, maybe? Uh,
2: just, I really do hope that um, even if you can, um, even if you don't really know us or anything, uh, but you're intrigued. I hope you do get to come along to the exhibition. Um, or if you, if there's no way that you're coming to Canberra during your uh, Easter holidays, which, you know, fair enough. Um, the uh, the book is on pre-order at the moment and we'll be continuing to sell it um, uh, online until they run out, but I'm only doing a limited number. It's a big cartel, uh, isn't it? It, yeah. it is a big cartel one, um, yeah. but the easiest way to get there is uh, the, through our Bitly account. So it's bit.ly forward slash L-I-E-D-E-K-I-J-N uh, and that'll take you straight to the pre-order site. Um, without having to muck around with all of the big cartel URL things. Hmm.
1: Very good. Uh-huh. Which, once again, it's pronounced Leechken.
2: And we're now going to have another great big roundabout because you've summoned the Elder Gods. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. We're from Sydney. No one told us the Elder Gods were Dutch, but there you go. Well, Leechken, you have a Facebook page. People can check it out
2: we have a yep. facebook page we have a tumblr we have a twitter account um it's it's all exactly the same because for some reason nobody had taken any of the leader kind of urls or um anything you know if you type if you type it in you'll probably find us
0: yeah. you're going to
2: by the way can i just point out that leader yeah. is uh, basically comes from the first line of the the poem from the song which was translated for us uh, by Tom Domond who is a, a Brisbane based writer um, who happens to be Dutch or half Dutch or part, uh, originally from Dutch land and um, he he translated this medieval Dutch poem for us but the first line of it uh, basically says uh, Lord Hallva uh, sang a little song, and Leader Cain means little song, and I thought oh. that that was a a, a nice, pretty uh-huh. kind of thing to start off this horrific exhibition with. Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> sweet. I mean, until you get it to all the decapitation and, and whatnot, that's really
2: Yeah, all, the, nice. all the, just the, the bloody corpses strung up from trees, and, yeah, yeah, yeah it's great.
1: Talk about oh. a false sense of security. Hmm.
2: Oh, you know, um, it's like, come along, have a look at our beautiful fairy tale exhibition. Enjoy some <laughs> lovely watercolours from some local artists and be horrified by the bloody corpses that you see. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: well, all in good fun.
0: <laughs> you read the story and, you know, the maiden, you know, she's so concerned for the condition of, of the killer's shirt. You know, you well, should remove your shirt for the blood splatter. You go. That's really nice of you. I'll do that. <laughs> and she takes advantage.
2: <laughs> Tom and I have had many, many emails back and forth as he was translating, and there was a very, very dark sex and death kind of interpretation that we could have put, the, uh, like we could have put on the whole thing. Hmm. Um, I mean. She basically, um, she basically says, you know, I don't want to get my virgin's blood on your clothes. Uh, you, you, so you better take them off. So he does. Um, you know, she's being lured out there to, to be stabbed like so many women before her. Um, she rides back to the village with his head in her lap in some sort of gross, disembodied, uh, yeah, sexy fun times. Um, but one of the- Reanimator. Is-
0: Brian Yosner, great film, great scene, carry on.
2: (laughs) Uh, Probably the the one that has had everybody kind of snickering, regardless of how innocent we're trying to make this, um, is when his disembodied head asks her to blow upon his horn. Um, But I'm (laughs) assured that it doesn't have the same kind of connotations in medieval Dutch, but, you know, I, I don't know. I think that, you know, Tom's got kids and he's just trying to be polite.
0: This is what happened to me- people who don't have the internet, you know? Those medieval people, they'd make up this stuff. That's oh, a- yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> well, but I mean, you know, it's its kind of like the SVU of its time. Yes, yes. Mm.
0: <laughs> how, how does Ice-T get through his career having to have everything explained to him? That's something I want to know. <laughs> how is he still a cop? <laughs> um well, listen, thanks very much, Emma, uh, for chatting to us. I'm really looking forward to reading and seeing Leechkin. <laughs> Leechkin. I just want to say it.
2: Leechkin, leechkin, I...
0: like German, like Liebchen almost, isn't it? I'm sort of going off the beaten path altogether here. Why does Leechkin mean something else?
2: chicken I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> have
0: You've have got I a, just
2: called Lee? Maybe I don't know.
0: Have I just declared war on Utrecht or something? I mean,
2: <laughs> you may just have.
0: <laughs> Very good. Well. um... Really looking forward to the exhibition and uh, getting my grubby hands on the actual book itself. So um, thank you for assembling this wonderful little project.
2: No problem. I am very much looking forward to getting um, some sort of beautiful art book that hopefully more people will read uh, into everybody's grubby little hands.
0: Wash them first,
2: it, otherwise yeah, the yeah. value is you lost. You wash your especially, hands, you turn the page. You wash your with, hands, you turn the page.
1: Especially with those foil and hologram covers. Uh, Look, I'm only know.
2: doing 250 of them. This is um, I'm only doing a, a sort of a limited run again um, because I don't like spending my entire life at the post office. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that that will be plenty to go around if you get in quickly.
0: There you go, folks you saving your pennies now
2: oh look look I can't I am not very good at shilling um last time I had uh Ryan Lindsay to to basically uh be my PR guy and if, if you want a project sold then he's your dude uh but yes no this is me awkwardly asking you to buy my book
1: we need, we need Bob guys, guys in here
2: I uh, no,
0: uh,
1: just buy it you're already at the computer anyway go yeah. on. it's right there it's not like you have to go to a damn shop stop being lazy <laughs> Thanks, guys. There we go. Well, Ryan, there you are. Uh, usually at this point,
0: I'd be telling people to go to geekofalls.com. I can still be tell people to go to geekofalls.com, but where can still we, we go, there. To go now?
1: That's great. But instead, now you can go to www.beandtheg.com, and you can also find us on Facebook. Yeah. Drop us a line. Tell us what you think of the show. Um,
0: thanks for listening, and we'll see you in a month's time. Hold up.